Yes, sir. Welcome back to the Hardwood Culture Podcast on the Bleed Network. Know me, know the voice, know the guy. It's me, really real villain, real terrell from Junior here at your service. And we are coming off a clean sweep on the show. I don't think we've had a sweep yet. Have we swept on the show before? I don't know. I feel like we've had a lot of good days, like a lot of good days, but there was always like one loss like in there. Yesterday was a sweep. We get the Suns plus 10 and a half. We almost get the money line play on that. Like that was, we almost had a money line play. I'm telling you, I think the Clippers really did want to lose that game. And it's because of the fact of why would you, in all honesty, want to play a seven-game series against the freaking Phoenix Suns fully healthy. Like, that's not what you want. I really think the Clippers should have tried more to lose that game, and we could have cashed really, really big. But we get the Suns plus 10. That was the major play. We get the Utah Jazz plus 16 and a half. That was never in doubt. Like, I really never really questioned the Jazz being able to get that cover. The Lakers just needed a win. They didn't need to blow them out. So I thought that line was insane. And Really quick before going on to the last play, thank you to the Utah Jazz for just an amazing season. And, you know, I think that's one of my all-time victory laps. Like, when I talk about what I be doing in this, you know, sports personality, sports betting, you know, content creation, all this stuff. I think the Utah Jazz this season was probably one of my biggest callouts because I just know that I like we we recognized this in November that this team was a pretty easy team to bet on ATS. And I mean, if you listened and you followed the philosophy, take them as a dog, fade them as a favorite. You know, it looked it looks like the end of the season coming. They're the number one team against the spread. And then, you know, we caught most of those dogs over the course of the entire year. We played them basically every single time that they were a dog. So really, really good call out. So just appreciate the Utah Jazz for that. That is definitely like a victory lap. One of my better call outs very, very early on. Like people tell you, you know, after two months, three months go by, hey, this team is covering all these games. We should start telling them for us to identify And I mean, yes, it happened on the NBA Gambling Podcast, and I just kind of transferred it over here. But for us to identify that so early in the season and the trend keep going all year, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So appreciate the Utah Jazz for that. Let's see here. I also have – oh, we got to go to the last play. And that was the under in the Minnesota and Pelicans, the Pelicans game, Timberwolves and Pelicans game under 227. That came through. Look, got a little sweaty. Well, it wasn't even really sweaty, but it just got close to the number. But we got under, so it's straight. We always get a win there. Very, very, you know, I think we need to add this segment because nobody's given me a reason to add this segment, but we got it. In two games, we handicapped. On the slate yesterday. So it's time to add the segment to the show. Welcome to, some may know it, others may not, but my favorite segment. These dudes just ain't trying to fight for real. These dudes ain't trying to fight for real. Are they not? And the newest member to the team, 
he I believe he's actually been on the team before. So the fact that he's been in this segment before and now he's back on the segment. Rudy Gobert, step into the office, young man. Because I just one, I will commend him. So if you didn't see the issue between Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert, go back and look at it. Now, Rudy Gobert said that Kyle Anderson called him a bitch. I understand what Rudy Gobert was going for there. You say that? Bomani said it best. If you call somebody a bitch, you don't have a lot of time until you figure out whether or not you were wrong. <laughs> and Rudy Gobert did take a swig. However, I didn't feel I didn't feel the anger in that punch. Like he reached and he like he's a long guy. He has a lot of reach. But like there was no second follow-up with it. It was no like pop pop pop. It was just a eh. Like he wasn't pop 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 pop. He was like a eh. And I'm like, bro, did you really like this? If you go, if you go get suspended for swinging on somebody, like if you go swing on somebody, you gotta actually swing on them. Like when Draymond stole off on Jordan Poole, he actually like he got everything he wanted to get off in that punch. Draymond hit him with the one hitter quitter, bah, and Rudy Gobert came in with the little. Hey, eh. I, I I just <laughs> huh. now. Kyle Anderson low-key does deserve to be in the conversation as well. Because nobody, wait, somebody swings on you. And, you know, he ain't just, he didn't have, like, he really didn't want to smoke with Rudy. Even though I think that Kyle Anderson might win. I don't think he really, really wanted to smoke with Rudy. But, unfortunately, Rudy initiated. So, we have to call him out on it and add him once again to the list of people who really ain't trying to fight for a shout out to my guy Steven Jackson. The other situation was Bones Highland and I don't really think that was a situation. They just they just got in each other's face. They had a disagreement. So I don't know. We're not gonna count them. Bones Highland and uh who was it Mason Plumley? Yeah we're not gonna count them because they ain't really like they ain't really get into it for real for real. They was just like that's a heated conversation that happens in basketball teams all the time. So maybe we don't count them. But Rudy Gobert he definitely added to the team. He added to the team. We got another one. So shout out to Rudy for bringing the segment on to this show, Hardwood, Hardwood Culture. And we're going to keep it going as we continue to go through these games. And Steven, as Steven Jackson reminds us that nobody in these leagues was really trying to fight for us. So they should really just stop. Like, just stop because nobody's really about it. All right. Let's see here. We don't have any games for today. However, I do think that we need to talk about some series, some futures. Because we it's NBA playoffs time, baby. This is it. Go hard or go home. And I think it's so interesting how much fun can come out of a series like these teams are going to war and i love the nba playoffs because these teams really really be going to war and it's not like you know one off day you're done no 
you know for a fact I am better than you because I just beat you four times. I am better than you. You can't sit here and say it was a fluke. I am better than you. And so there's a couple of things to look at as we dive into the futures market and just, and I'm not really a big futures better. I don't think many people, if you know me from the other show, I really don't bet futures like that, to be honest. I, I'm like the JG Whitworth commercial. It's my money and I want it now. I don't feel like waiting to get my money or a whole season and I'm giving up the collateral and I got to wait a whole season to get my money. No, it's my money and I want it now. And so I typically don't do futures. However, the playoffs, some of these series are like two weeks. So I'm like, all right, I could do I could do playoff futures. Like, that's cool. But in terms of the season, I'd be talking about them and I'd be betting them sometimes. But other times I'd be really straight because I just want to go ahead and get my bet, get my money up and then, you know, attack it again. But. All right. So there's a couple of things that I'm interested here for the playoffs. Now, we don't have all the series. We have three and six, four and five. I think the glaring thing to look at. The Golden State Warriors versus the Sacramento Kings. Sacramento is the three seed. Golden State Warriors is the six seed. Series spread is at plus one and a, is at one and a half. Golden State minus one and a half games is minus 165. Sacramento plus one and a half games is plus 135. Now, the one and a half games basically means how many games that they win the series by. So if you take a series spread of one and a half, that means you need them to win by two games. So Golden State has to win 4-2, 4-1, 4-0 for you to cash this bet. If this goes to game seven or Sacramento wins the series at all, this bet does not cash. So what I find interesting about this is the disparity between Golden State and Sacramento here. And I say that because, one, Sacramento's the three seed. Like, at some point, we got to give them respect for winning a three seed. But I do auto, I do understand that a lot of teams are just regular season teams, 100%. And I told myself that I was going to like Golden State in the first round, but that's back when I thought Golden State was going to be in the play-in and they were going to be going up against a Denver, potentially. This Sacramento team is, I mean, I don't like to bring regular season numbers into things too, too much because I know that things change for the playoffs. You can switch, you can flip a switch in the playoffs and you know, everything that happened in the regular season doesn't matter. Ask the Utah Jazz a couple of seasons ago. Like, everything that happened in the regular season doesn't matter. You could flip a switch. You have to have that mindset, that mode. And so the key things about this series in particular is the home road splits for both of these two teams. Because you have... Golden State, who was 11 and 30 on the road this season. That is horrible. That is horrendous. That is actually third worst in the West. The only two teams that were worse were Houston and Sacramento, who were both at 8 and 33. Whereas 
you have Sacramento, who is 25 and 16 on the road this season. They are the only team in the Western Conference to have a above 500 road record. Everybody else in the Western Conference is below 500 on the road other than the Sacramento Kings. I lied. I lied. I lied. No, here goes uh, and the Clippers. So the Clippers are 21 and 20. Everybody else besides the Clippers and Sacramento is 25 is below 500 in the West. So by far and away, Sacramento is the best team in the West on the road. And honestly, in the entire league, I mean, you look at it, the only other teams that compare in the rest of the league is the Knicks 24, 17, Philly and Boston are 25 and 16 on the road. And Milwaukee is 26 and 15. Now, the Knicks, you understand why they have such a good road record is because the fact of they have an unreal home court that doesn't give them any type of home court advantage. So if you ever want a night off from a team, it's got to be when you go play them. Sorry, there's a little bit of animosity there here from as, as a Knicks fan. But so you have the they're they're on the upper echelon on road teams. And so I understand how Golden State is at home. Now we got to give Golden State the props at home. 33 and 8. That is one of the top home teams in the league comparable to the Grizzlies and the Grizzlies at 35 26, 35 and 6, Denver 34 and 7, 32 and 9 for Boston and Milwaukee. 31 and 10 for Cleveland. One of the best home teams there that is out there. So I I just think that this is close. I think this is mispriced. And I think that this is a little bit closer. Like, what are the odds? Would anybody be surprised if these two teams defended home court? <laughs> so you got two games in Sacramento. They go up to nothing. Two games in Golden State. Golden State comes back to nothing. Golden State is a championship team. They can go, they can go down 0-2 in a series and be able to battle back. Like, I don't think that is – I'm not trying to sit here and say that Sacramento is going to outright win the series. But if both of these two teams take care of home court – now, Golden State does have a history in the playoffs of stealing home court in a series. They stole home court, I think, in every single series in that championship run last year. I think they stole home court in one game in every single series. So they do have a history of being able to steal a home game. Do I trust Sacramento to steal a game? Yes. I think Sacramento can absolutely win a playoff game in Chase Center. And because I feel that, that lean, that inclines me to think that this could be a longer series, that this series could go to seven. That's all I need. I, once we get to seven, I don't care what happens because, look, it's plus 135. Like, we're getting a really, really juicy price on that. I think there's a chance that Sacramento wins this series outright. I'm not going to lie. There's some things that I just don't like about Golden State this year. Andrew Wiggins may or may not be coming back. And if he is coming back, then it's going to be super – like, he's not going to be in game shape. He's not going to be, you know, as locked in defensively like he was against Luka and, you know, other players in that run last year. Like, so I think that's my first play. Sacramento Kings plus one and a half for the series spread plus one thirty five. I feel like we're getting a good price. I feel like that this just screams 
everybody thinks Golden State is going to run away with this, and Sacramento is going to make this really, really interesting. Like, they're going to make this really, really interesting, if not dominate the series. Because Sacramento has looked like the better team. It's just that I don't trust them defensively, but I don't trust the Warriors defensively right now either. So I think that this is a high-scoring series overall. We're going to see a lot of points in this series. And, yeah, let's go with Sacramento plus one and a half. I think this is the way to go. All right. Let's see here. What other playoff series futures can we get into? So we have the Knicks and the Cavs here. I don't think I really have. I don't think I can bet this one. I think I'm. It's just to me, I feel like the Knicks have nothing to lose. The Cavs have everything to lose. There's no way the Cavs traded all they did for Donovan Mitchell and get bounced the first round after playing themselves out of the play-in last year. Like they effectively went in all in on Donovan Mitchell. I think they traded what, like five picks? players and five picks so i don't think that i feel like the pressure is on cleveland more than the knicks and that's where i feel like the knicks can sneak up on them but it's also the knicks i don't necessarily trust them as a team even though they are my team my next series that i'm looking at for the props is philly and brooklyn I am not sure if Brooklyn wins the game. I'm not 100% positive. Philly can absolutely blow a game. And I, and it, it's clearly that's what people think, that Philly's going to blow a game. So if you look at the exact games, five games for the series is plus 195. That's the favorite. Four games plus 240, six games plus 320, seven games plus 370. I'm not certain if I... So let's just look at these two teams. We have Brooklyn that, you know, they end up trading Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, uh, at the deadline, moving both of those players, and you look at how they finished their season. And they were really, really up and down for majority of the season of the year. It just felt like they'd never really found their footing. And when you start going back and looking at it after the trade, there's not a lot of wins that really, really impress you in a lot of these spots. There are some. I'm not saying that there's not any. But it you never saw them. Like, it's clear that they are a much worse team, which you can't fault them. They just traded two, what, top five players in the NBA. But so we looky here. And I think they actually played Philly right after the trade. I think that was like one of their first games after the trade, and Philly won. So Philly has a two and zero, yeah, two and zero against the new look Nets team, where that first game was one on one ninety eight, and the second game was a blowout because I don't think it was like very recent. Philly's locking up playoff seating. I don't think the Nets really played anybody for a for real. Uh, what was that? 
What was that? Yes. What was that end of the season? Yeah, that was the end of the season. Yeah, that was the last game of the season where they blew him out. Nobody was playing anybody. It just, you know, Philly has a better uh, supporting cast. <laughs> and Mikel Bridges just played to get the 89 games played. <laughs> the 83 games played. I said 89, 83 games played. So I'm trying to talk myself out of the chalk because I feel like everybody would just sit here and say this easily goes to Philly. But how does it not? I mean, the Nets have struggled scoring the basketball. Philly's been a really, really good defense coming down the stretch of the season. I'm really trying to figure this out because I know I want to play this game. I'm just trying to – this series, I just want to figure out how I want to play it. And I think that we we got plus money. So, okay, so let's do this. The series total – is total game. So the amount of games that's going to happen in the series, don't matter win or lose, the amount of games that's going to happen in the series, it's at five and a half, minus 160 on the under. That is a lot of juice to lay. I'm not going to lie. But I think you lay it anyways. <laughs> because I just don't see, I see them stealing maybe one game and that's it. But I really think that this is a sweep for Philly. I think Philly can come in here and have the dominant series that they were also looking forward to last year against Toronto and they just kind of fumbled it away and they lost the last two games. Y'all remember Philly was up three, nothing against Toronto and Toronto came back and made it a three, two series and Philly got it done in six. I don't think they play with their food this year, guys. I think this team is more locked in. I think this team is better. They've really gotten after it defensively adding McDaniels, PJ Tucker, stuff like that. I think they are very much a better defensive team. I think that they're going to give the Nets problems. When the game slows down in the half court, they're going to give the Nets problems, and there's going to be possessions where the Nets are not going to be able to counteract. Whereas Philly, you know when they get to the half court, they can give the ball to Joel Embiid. He can go to work, and he can have an amazing game. I think this is it. So what we're going to do here. is do we want to take an adjusted see look the series spread for this is two and a half games already so they're basically saying philly's gonna win in four or five all right I think Philly gets this done, man. I think this is I think this is a sweep. I would be but the Brooklyn got swept last year. And I don't know. I don't want to really bet on a team to get swept two times in a row. I don't want to lay minus one fifty after laying minus one sixty on the under though. I think this is a sweep, man. I really, I really, really hard pressed to see them win one game. I think Philly can go up 3-0 pretty easily. And if they do, we'll have an a hedge opportunity in that last game where we can have a conversation. All right. So let's do this. Let's take the Philadelphia 76ers 
minus three and a half games because that's the better price. It's four games. Four games is plus 240. The correct score for Philly 4-0 is plus 240, but the minus three and a half games is plus 245, which is effectively the same thing. Is you're saying that they are sweeping. They got to win four games to get it done, but we're getting in a little bit extra on the price. So let's take Philly minus three and a half games. And let's just say that they sweep. I think they do. And then maybe we can come back and get a better price. And we can reevaluate the series as we go on. But I think Philly holds it down, man. I don't think this is a choke job for them. I think they hold it down. All right. I think that's the only two plays I want to give out right now. And, we'll, you know, I like to reattack futures in the playoffs after the games go on. Not kind of like I'm not really more of a pre-game future better. I'm just doing this one because I want to keep this pot going every single day. And so I need to find something to give out today. But uh I I I like to see how that especially if we get some type of outcome that was very favorable to us. So last year, case in point on the NBA gambling podcast, Utah versus Dallas. Utah won the first game. Luca was out. Utah won the first game. It looked like Luca was going to keep missing time in the series, and they had Dallas at five to one to win the series. And I said, let's hammer Dallas five to one. Just hammer Dallas five to one because Luca's going to come back and they're going to dominate this series. Luca didn't end up coming back until later, I think. But Jalen Brunson was amazing. Secured him a bag. And we and we won that easy. I don't think Utah won another game after winning that first one. So I like to come back with that, and I like to do things like that. So today we have Sacramento Kings plus one and a half on the series spread, plus one thirty-five. We have the under five and a half games minus one sixty for the Philadelphia 76ers, Brooklyn Nets, and then we also have the Philadelphia 76ers minus three and a half at plus two forty-five. Those are your bets for today. Make sure you are subscribed to the Hardwood Culture Podcast. If you're not on wherever you get your podcast, follow us on Twitter at HWCulturePod. And please leave reviews if you haven't. Leave reviews. I need them. Please, please. I need them. Other than that, I have nothing else to say. Nothing else to do. I'm looking forward to handicapping playoffs and going on an insane playoff heater similar to as I did last year. But we'll see. Other than that, have nothing else to say, nothing else to do. No other way of ending the podcast. I'm just going to end it like this. We are out of here.